Hello, this is Dwayne McCurry, the team leader for Don't Explore the Bible. The purpose of this podcast is to give you an introduction to the books of Job and Ecclesiastes. These are the two books that we'll be studying during the summer of 2021 in Adult Explore the Bible. Both Job and Ecclesiastes are complex books that ask deep questions, both addressing our search for meaning. The book of Job focuses on one person's response to a series of catastrophic events. The book of Ecclesiastes centers on one individual's journey to test all of the typical human ways of defining life's meaning, knowledge, pleasure, wealth, and constant work. In both books, the main characters conclude that life's ultimate meaning can be found only in a right relationship with God. Both are part of Israel's wisdom literature. Some wisdom literature taught skills for success in life. One example of this type of wisdom literature is the book of Proverbs. Other wisdom writings considered profound problems of human existence. They sought to reveal the meaning of life and faith. The books of Job and Ecclesiastes belong to this category of wisdom literature. Wisdom literature is primarily concerned with living a godly life in light of God's sovereign rule in creation. Wisdom is what can be learned from experiences or is the ability to make good choices in life. But to put it another way, wisdom is the proper application of knowledge in everyday situations. It's not just some abstract knowledge, though. It's applied knowledge in real life experiences. Job and Ecclesiastes offer a specific side of wisdom, namely reflections on the perplexity of human life, or as Ecclesiastes calls it, life under the sun. Now let's focus on the book of Job to begin with. The writer of the book of Job is not named. Nevertheless, the writer was a skillful poet and theologian as judged by the book's contents. We can surmise that he was a Hebrew well acquainted with the Old Testament scriptures and was learned and a well-traveled individual. There are no historical indicators to determine the context of the book other than the circumstances of Job's life. While the description of the man Job and his surroundings fit well in the times of the patriarchs, the book itself may have not been written until much later, perhaps during the time of King Solomon or as late as the Babylonian exile. The earliest reference to Job outside the book is found in Ezekiel 14, where the prophet lists Job as an example of virtue. Now, Ezekiel prophesied between 593 and 571 BC, so we can pretty much guess that Job was written prior to that time. Now, in the New Testament, we also find Job being mentioned in James chapter 5, verse 11, giving us confidence that this book definitely belongs in the canon as part of inspired scripture. Bible scholars have long debated the purpose of the book of Job, proposing a number of possible ideas that generally fall into four categories. First, some argue that Job was written to give an answer to the question of why good or righteous people suffer. A second group proposed that the book of Job was written to refute the belief that people who enjoy worldly blessings, prosperity, fame, posterity, are by definition righteous and thus worthy of such blessings. A third group of scholars emphasize that the book of Job was written to explore the question of whether human beings can or will worship God without consideration of what they receive in return. A fourth group of scholars proposed that the book of Job was written 
to show that God is present with and supportive of his people, even when they cannot perceive his presence and activity. Hence, Job's example is instructive for all of God's people when any or all of them are dealing with disasters in their lives. God is always good and he's ultimately in control. As a part of the Old Testament, its original audience was God's covenant people, Israel. Conceivably written for the purpose of encouraging individuals or a nation as a whole during times when they suffered adversity. Now the book of Job contains distinct divisions of material. The material is arranged so as to create a tempo of the overall story. The story begins with an introductory prologue, chapters one and two, that's written in prose. Then three cycles of dialogue take place, also in poetic form, between Job and his three friends. The first cycle establishes a pattern that's followed in the subsequent cycles, except in that third cycle, it does not include a speech by the third friend. Instead, we find a young observer that had been unmentioned unto that point named Elihu, who then shares his thoughts. The poetic sections reach a climax with a speech from God to Job in chapter 38 through chapter 42. Finally, there's a brief epilogue in prose that completes the literary work in chapter 42, verses 7 through 17. Now let's give some attention to Ecclesiastes. The book is attributed to King Solomon. While the name Solomon does not appear in the Hebrew text, nevertheless, the writer identified himself in verses 1 and 12 of chapter 1 as the son of David who ruled in Jerusalem over Israel. The only person of whom that can be said was Solomon. Now, Solomon would have ruled between the years of 971 and 931 BC. So given the tone of the book, most likely he would have written it closer to the end of his life, near the end of his rule. As such, the book of Ecclesiastes is autobiographical. Solomon, the king of Israel, sought to discover the ultimate meaning of human life. His experiences in life guided his investigation and his arguments were experimental, not systematic. He investigated the human pursuits of wisdom, of pleasure, of wealth and work. And he concluded that none of these pursuits provide ultimate meaning. Solomon's conclusion to his search led him to acknowledge that human beings central purpose is to fear God and keep his commands. The structure of the book of Ecclesiastes consists of sections in which Solomon reports on his various quests to find life's ultimate meaning. The book seems repetitious at times, but ultimately he comes to the conclusion that the only lasting value in life is to fear and obey God. Now in these books, there are some themes that we need to recognize. First of all, Job wrestled with the issues of human suffering and divine purposes, and it teaches us to submit to the mysteries of God. Even still, Job reminds us that we can find comfort in the presence of God, even when we cannot discern his purposes. In Job, we come to understand that the mysterious order of the universe is not fully revealed to humanity, and we must learn to trust in the God who presides over that universe. In the book of Ecclesiastes, we find the futility and meaninglessness of life lived apart from God. Anything that does not have eternal value has no ultimate value. 
recognition of this truth should drive us to faith in God. Satisfaction in life comes when people trust God and his sovereign will for their lives, rejoice in his blessings, fear him, and obey his commandments. Life is short, so people need to seize the opportunities God gives them when he gives them those opportunities and prepare themselves for death and then the judgment where they will give an account to God for how they live their lives. Both Job and Ecclesiastes teach us important lessons about life and the collected wisdom gathered by saints who have experienced things before us. Now, both are a little disturbing since they present the harsh realities of living in a broken world. We are forced to reconsider our assumptions about God's ways and our preconceived ideas of justice in the universe. In the end, the majesty and sovereignty of God loom much larger than the questions we may ask. There are mysteries approached in these books that are not fully answered. And just like in our lives, these unresolved tensions force us to trust and depend on God for wisdom and understanding. While Job and Ecclesiastes are certainly unique, there are several themes we find in both books. First, there's the theme of God, which sets the orientation and framework in which we are to live our lives. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon emphasized the central importance of fearing God. The fear of God begins with a proper understanding of God's presence in nature. This comprehension, in turn, shapes our behavior. Second, both books express the limits of human wisdom and the distinction between creator and creature. Both Ecclesiastes and Job contrast the righteous and wicked in the context of justice and God's mysterious workings in the world. Both books differentiate between two kinds of wisdom, the wisdom of God and the wisdom of humans. The wisdom of humans is gained through human thought and experience. But godly wisdom is ultimate because it is wisdom revealed from God who knows all things. Both Job and Ecclesiastes emphasize God's sovereignty. Although Satan severely attacked Job and his family, he could not do so without God's permission. In Ecclesiastes 12, 7, Solomon declares that the spirit returns to God who gave it. In both books, there is no doubt about God's control over his creation. Another thing we see that really comes out of Job is Satan and spiritual warfare. Job chapter 1 and 2 contains one of the most extensive depictions of Satan in the Bible. He's a created being with limited authority and power when compared to God. He is unable to attack God's people without permission from God. One more theme to note here is the theme of faith. Job made advances in his faith as he endured the suffering that came upon him. First of all, he began to talk to God directly. He longed for an arbiter between God and humanity. He appealed to God for some kind of distinction in death. He then appeals to his witnesses in heaven. And then Job repents of his pride for passing judgment on things he did not understand. And in doing so, he found the solution to his dilemma was in trusting God. The same was true for Solomon. Solomon came to understand the limitations of human effort alone. He acknowledged that God's sovereignty is total. 
Therefore, God's people can ultimately find meaning only in revering and obeying God. Now, these are complex books. However, the benefits of going deep into God's word is that God's word will go deep into our hearts. The honesty of these books provides insight into our limited perceptions and understandings of the world in which we live. The good news is that where we find our own wisdom lacking and our false perceptions confronted, that is where we have the greatest opportunity to repent and grow. Most two-year blocks in history are filled with ups and downs. The past two years seem to have had more than their fair share. Members of the team that create these resources, our associates, have seen deaths of loved ones and they've seen births, retirements and additions, surgeries and recoveries, and sickness and health. We felt the economic impact of quarantines and learned new ways of relating, working, and teaching. Now, our experiences were not unique, having heard from many of you as well. The challenges of the last two years set the background for our work on these two books. As we and our writers worked through Job and Ecclesiastes, we did so when facing many of the same questions addressed by these two books. We rediscovered the joy of trusting God for each day, the promise of a sunrise, and the satisfaction of a sunset. Job and Solomon came to the same conclusions as they looked at life, trust God in all things. They discovered a hope that was based on the one who does not change. That trust and hope brought balance and perspective to their lives. Job and Solomon learned some important lessons that can help us today. As we study these two Bible books, we will focus on these timeless truths and the hope found through faith in God and in his redemptive work. May God help us remain faithful to him in all things.